This is the Unstoppable Authors Podcast with world-building warrior Angeline Trevina, planning and productivity powerhouse Holly Line, and formatting fireball Julia Scott. Every week we bring you discussions on the craft of writing, author life and business, and interviews with some of the industry's most unstoppable authors. A writer's life doesn't have to be solitary. We're here to bust that myth, support you on your journey, and encourage you to be unstoppable. Welcome to episode 145 of the Unstoppable Authors podcast. And today we're talking about raising creative children. Before we get into the main topic, it's personal update time. I feel like I only just recorded an update. Yeah, it wasn't long ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's not fair. Um, yeah, nothing much has changed, uh, except that the rest of my family has all come down with colds. Uh, so I've been sort of trying to keep my distance to avoid catching it. I'm singing on Sunday in a gig I really need to be well because I have enough issues with my with my throat um I don't need to catch something on top of that so uh so that's been fun um I even made my other half sleep in the spare room last night (laughs) I was like no no we're not breathing the same air uh be gone so um fingers crossed but I I have a bad feeling (laughs) Oh, a bad feeling that you know I'm just starting to feel the start of something oh. anyway um but yeah writing wise um this week I've been doing a strengths intensive which is a type of mini course that Becca Syme offers and last year I did intensive intensives for my top two strengths oh, I can't speak today but <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, futuristic and strategic and this week I'm doing my number three which is empathy And this is actually the strength that I struggle with the most. It's a really hard one to love because it's kind of responsible for all the overwhelm and exhaustion that I experience. Um, I do love being an empathic person and I do embrace it as part of me. It's just hard to see it as a strength sometimes. Um, But yeah, I'm doing development work on that, not just this week, but all month. It is my every month I pick a a strength to focus on developing and that's empathy is um is this month's and I'm hoping that that's all going to pay off and that I will I'll be able to um embrace it more and and utilize it more in my writing and stuff so yeah yeah good nice well for me my update is that I actually wrote words (laughs) (laughs) I should not need a round of applause for that considering I'm (laughs) A writer <laughs> should, you know, it should just be the bare minimum of what I'm doing. But no, um, I did some sprints with some wonderful people the other day, including Holly, um, and got uh, 1,700 words done on the original Medorian. It's not enough, but it's a start, and it has made me want to write more. I think when you when you do lots of writing, you do want to do more. Mm. It's just that life's got in the way. <laughs> like I've just had so many other things to do, but. Um, other bookish things I've managed to do is that I sent my books off to the legal deposit office at the British Library, mm-hmm. which I have done way, way too late, uh, <laughs> which is a big whoops, um, considering the Mirror Souls has been out for three years. Um, hasn't it? Two years, three years. Two, two, 2019. 
that's three years <laughs> I can't count it's three wow. years I was right the first time um so yeah they're they're winging their way to the British Library um which I just I didn't know that you had to do that I didn't know that mm. you had to send your self-published books to the legal deposit office so uh if you are also a self-published author and you didn't know that you might want to go look into that um and it's only if you own your own ISBNs apparently so there you go mm -hmm. something new learned um I also donated some books to my local libraries here in Essex so hopefully they accept them and don't send them back and say no thank you because <laughs> that <laughs> would be embarrassing <laughs> And I also formatted the Magic and Moons anthology, which is the anthology that my short story is in. So that's cool. uh, proof copies being printed now and hopefully it'll be out soon. So that's exciting. Yeah. Um, but for the rest of life, it's just plodding along as usual, uh, trying to avoid hay fever season as much as possible whilst still having all the gardening to do. So yeah, <laughs> that's, that's my life. <laughs> so I've actually had a very productive couple of weeks I've got loads of words written which is quite a turnaround yay yay Ooh. I can finally see that my current work in progress actually has some progress happening <laughs> you know which is nice because it's mm. in in the name and uh, I but yeah I've just been in insanely busy insanely busy so at the start of the month I guest lectured at Derby University I was invited to teach a class on self-publishing to creative writing students and that, that was really awesome and my goodness universities look very different to when I went to one I won't tell you how many years ago a long time ago <laughs> um so yeah, it was really great. I really enjoyed it and it was well received and I helped to bust a lot of those very stubborn myths about self-publishing and yeah, I feel I feel confident that those students will be making really informed choices about their publishing options, which was mm. what I wanted to happen. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it was really good. And as we are recording this podcast, it's just two days away from the third Burton Sci-Fi and Fantasy Con. It's our biggest event yet, and my stress levels are currently through the roof. So that's fun. I am so insanely busy working on it, and I'm even being interviewed live on the radio about it, which is <laughs> <Ooh>. terrifying. Exciting. <laughs> And, and scary <laughs> I was just hoping I don't say anything really dumb because it's live but um yeah after that I I won't even get a rest because at the end of what will be next week by the time this episode goes out I'm yeah I'm doing my first school visit as my pen name where, mm. which is where I write my middle grade books so um I am in serious need of a nap but I can't have one for several weeks yet. <laughs> Do you know, I find words interesting. The fact that you said you're insanely busy. I think you said it three times. Are you actually feeling insane? Yes. Insanely busy. It like... got, it, the, the stress um, got me to the point of tears this afternoon. Mm, I, I, it was over a printer. And as everyone who's ever done any printing ever in their life knows that that is the worst technology in existence yeah <laughs> so true yeah it's uh very prone to just not working 
And they are evil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that is that you guys have been up to loads of stuff, and that's awesome. So cool. Okay. So, question of the week. Last week, I asked you, what do you want to accomplish before the end of 2022? And we had responses from Brett, who said, I want to finish book two of my Time Clones trilogy and start work, work on book three. And Melinda says, by the end of 2022, publish another book, finish a novella and another novel, as well as update the blurbs for two more of my published books. And go, Melinda. That's awesome. So, mm. yeah, thank you for sharing. Yeah. Can, can I put, have, a, have a nap? Yes, <laughs> that I want to achieve before the end of 2022. Can you and do I'll that put... before the end of the month, please? <laughs> I would like to. Every month, I say I've just got to get through this month, and then next month will be much calmer. And then I just end up booking loads of new stuff in. Mm. Anyway, it's good. It's good to be busy. <laughs> Sometimes, uh, not constantly. Mm. Yes. Anywho, um, this week's question of the week, what we want to know this week is how have people in your life encouraged your creativity? So we have no new patrons this week, but a huge thank you for the continued support of all our current patrons. Everyone who signs up to our Patreon gets all of the benefits, including early access to episodes, recordings of our post-show chit-chat and our monthly sprints and giggles writing sessions. Now, our next one is on Wednesday, the 18th of May, which is next week, right? At 8 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> UK time or this week, if you're listening to it on the Monday. So become a member before then to join in. A membership costs just £3 a month or your preferred local currency. And we'll also give you a shout out on the show. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash unstoppable authors. So today we are talking about raising creative children. And before we jump into how we raise creative children, um, let's let's just investigate what we were like as creative children, <laughs> um, which I'm sure we all were. I, I was very lucky in that my parents encouraged it and never, I, they never ever were like, oh, you need to have a backup plan mm -hmm. or you know, you need to have a sensible job. Um, I, I mean, I didn't actually want to be a writer. I wanted to act. I wanted to be on stage. And um, they did everything they could support me with all sorts of dance lessons, singing lessons, drama lessons, and drove me all over the place to do, do theatre performances. And uh, yeah, they, they never, ever discouraged me. And I know I'm really lucky in that. They even let me read at the dining table while we were eating. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have almost the exact same childhood experience. Um, my, my parents took me to my first like, drama class when I was four. I didn't even know what was going on. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I had apparently, I have no memory of this, but I'd been, in, um, I played Humpty Dumpty in a production at nursery school. And awesome. yeah, the, the nursery school teacher told my parents that I was really good and that they should get me acting lessons. And so they did. Um, so yeah, I did, I did all of that, the singing and the dancing and music and everything and I was really encouraged and I was encouraged to write and draw and that we always had art materials in the house uh, I went through pens like crazy nothing <laughs> much has changed um, <laughs> so yeah I was really encouraged and 
when it came to looking at unis uh, they really encouraged me to to follow drama because that was what I wanted to do at the time and um, one of the unis that I looked at was Bretton Hall which is a specifically arts university they do drama theatre and art um, and yeah I was really encouraged completely and never dissuaded from it so I'm very thankful for that. Mm. Yeah, my creativity has been much more musical based, I suppose. Um, I hated drama at school because <laughs> I hated people looking at me, but I I just didn't like the whole sent attention being on me thing and potentially getting things wrong. That, that was just me. Um, but I learned uh, violin when I was younger and uh, I just was constantly singing. And then uh, I grew up in the church and we did lots of theatre productions and um I was Rupert the Bear for one production when I was about eight I think uh, it was like we were all dressed as toys it I don't even remember it I, I can't remember it really um but yeah I I guess music I think you you kind of pick up on what your parents like in a way sometimes mm. my parents were very musical had a wide range of taste in music had lots of vinyls and tapes and you know Mm-hmm. car journeys for me were just like headphones on tape in the cassette player and just listening to music the whole time or we'd have music on in the car and all be singing along so mm-hmm. uh, music for me was a massive part of my childhood and I'm really actually quite thankful for that because um, yeah. it's still a big part of my life now um, and then writing wise you know I just used to write um, stories on the computer we had an old computer with ms dos on it you know mm-hmm. um, and i just used to write stories and things like that and mm-hmm. and scripts for plays and yeah i was always left left to do that so yeah yeah cool. my, my parents yeah, used we to were take all lucky me. yeah <laughs> my parents used to take me to folk clubs and folk festivals and so like, i got to experience live music from a very mm. young age and there was a lot of falling asleep under chairs which my parents <laughs> love telling everyone about um, <laughs> yeah yeah cool <laughs> so yeah so we're, to, we're talking about raising creative children which I bet we all do <laughs> um, just to point out that a lot of people who are listening to this podcast might not have children mm. but there are other children potentially in your life like nieces and nephews mm-hmm. um, and even regardless of the fact that you're not raising those children you do still have an influence on their life and you yep. can have an influence on their creativity yes so um, just keep that in mind when you're listening to this episode you know you can still benefit from listening to this even if you don't have kids yourself Yes, I have a niece who's an absolute bookworm and I constantly supply her with books in (laughs) case I, in fact, I have two nieces who are total bookworms. Yes, I buy them lots of books. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Totally good. Okay, so let's just tackle something right up front because some people, I doubt anyone listening to this is going to be asking this question, but just in case, is creativity important? Nah. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I think we would all say, well, obviously, like, duh. Um, yes. And and I would hope that everyone listening would feel the same way because you're all supposed to be writers, right? So, um, 
Um, but yeah, but why is it important? Like, what's what's the deal? Um, you know, and why why does it matter? Yeah, one of the things that um, I found through my theatre background is tons and tons of transferable skills, and this <laughs> this is a huge one. Um, so I worked as a careers advisor for um, several years, and one of the things that employers find really difficult is getting people with the right skills. And so when you think about creativity, don't just think, oh, well, it's only useful if you're wanting to become like a writer or an artist professionally, because there are so many creative uh, jobs you can go into, like marketing can mm -hmm. be incredibly creative. And I bet we do some us guys do some creative marketing <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh, things like yeah, graphic design and yeah and absolutely sorts. you know I come from a super creative family um all of my siblings are really really creative and yeah one of them is a graphic designer and illustrator one of them's a website designer you know one of them has a film degree um so yeah there's so many different jobs that actually require those creative skills and the transferable skills that you can learn from creative endeavors are ones that employers are desperately looking for all the time like problem solving like <laughs> yeah I hate the phrase but thinking outside the box is there a different <laughs> phrase for that that we can use please because I hate it but I use it all the time because <laughs> it's what I talk about um we should make yeah, up our own yeah we totally should yeah mm -hmm. yeah um figure something out <laughs> yeah <laughs> work on it <laughs> um yeah problem solving is a massive massive um help in so many jobs and other transferable skills like good communication skills both written and spoken uh, the ability to think on your feet and to improvise having those big ideas and working well as part of a team, which are all transferable skills from things like theatre, things like writing, things like any kind of art, music. They're all really good transferable skills that, yeah, employers in all sorts of sectors are absolutely crying out for these skills from people. So yeah. it's never a waste of time. No. Nope. Absolutely. And of course, on a personal level, creativity is really important for mental health and emotional well-being. Definitely. Um, you know, I think we'd all agree that it's essential. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. One thing I do find sad about that is that some people feel like their creativity should be making them money. Mm. Um, and I do. I do find that quite sad sometimes. I know that we're talking about making money from our creativity in terms of writing, but um, some people won't take up uh, creative hobbies unless it's going to benefit benefit them financially, which I think is a shame these days, especially adults, you know, because I know we're talking about children. <laughs> I'm totally going off tangent here. But yeah, it's a shame when, you know, people could be doing creative things for their mental health and emotional well-being but they yeah. don't because it's not going to make the money and you don't even have to be good at it mm. take take up a hobby that you're really bad at you know <laughs> it doesn't matter yeah do, yeah do it just for your sanity 
yeah I think there's so much sort of perfectionism isn't there and people will avoid mm. doing something because they're worried they won't do it right but like you know singing for instance you don't have to be a you know concert level singer to sing in your kitchen while you're washing up like just just sing and enjoy yourself oh I I done yeah I dance in my kitchen and I am a terrible dancer (laughs) really really bad but that doesn't stop me oh I do whole performances and everything in my kitchen I'm awful (laughs) (laughs) okay well that's enough about us old people Uh, what are the benefits (laughs) for children yeah true so I think it's from the age of zero to seven I think are the most formative years of your life um what happens to you and what you go through in those years can make a massive impact on what the rest of your life is going to look like and so early years development centers on creativity things like fine motor control which develops through doing arts and crafts and you know fiddling with little things and Mm -hmm. learning how to color in the lines (laughs) um (laughs) also focuses on imagination and creative play and also role playing and they're all essential learning tools for life um so yeah you know your kid going to nursery or to uh, school or even at home there's lots of things you can do to encourage creativity but it's a really good foundation for a creative life in the future absolutely yeah, I remember once taking my eldest to a toddler group and I was sitting on the floor playing with him and one of the women running the toddler group came over and she was like, do you know, I see so many parents who don't sit down and play with their children because mm. they they don't even know how to. They don't, they just they can't do it. They have no idea how to play with their children. Um but I love it. I'm just a big kid anyway. Um, (laughs) So other benefits um, of creativity is that it helps to increase their focus as they get older. That obviously didn't work on me though. (laughs) But focus is not one of my strengths. It's but way down. If you didn't way have a creative, if you didn't have a creative, maybe it be even You worse. might have been worse. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> it may be even worse. And I think you know it. It can also teach the benefits of practice mm-hmm. and persistence uh, to get better at these things. Mm-hmm. And practice makes progress. Progress. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> practice makes progress. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So music um, is um, linked to some, you know, wonderful benefits for children and young people. Um, it may um, improve your um, your child's performance in maths. Uh, there is mixed data on this, but I think it makes sense when you acknowledge that music is jam-packed with mathematical concepts like measures and timing and division. Um, it just makes sense to me that if your child is learning a musical instrument, they will also absorb some mathematical principles as well. Yeah, even subconsciously. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, the, it used to be like widely um, touted as a thing that music improved your maths, but now apparently it's up for debate again. So yeah, whatever. It's a bit like Pluto isn't a planet, you know, people can't decide. It is. <laughs> It is, isn't it? Pluto. Team Pluto. (laughs) 
Yeah, and learning through music and or rhyme will help with retention as well. So you have kids trying to learn their times tables. If you sing it to them, apparently they remember it better. But I still can't remember my times tables, so it didn't work for I me. don't know mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, the obvious one is the alphabet, right? We all know the alphabet song. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. True. And like even like now when I need to think like think of a letter and where it is, mm. it's the song that plays in my head and that's how I get to the letter. Talking of planets, I know I just mentioned Pluto, but I remember a physics lesson in secondary school where they were trying to get us to remember the order of the planets. Mm -hmm. And instead of telling us a rhyme, they got us to make up our own. And I remember it now. I still uh -huh. remember it. And it was a, it was a stupid rhyme. It was uh, my violin eats my jam sandwiches under nice pianos. And <laughs> see, I remember it. So now I know Brilliant. the order of the planets. Yeah. And that came from my own creativity um, and weirdness. Um, yeah. <laughs> and nice. it wouldn't yeah. make any sense without Pluto in it. Oh, no, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, Pluto's so important. I know. The mnemonic we were taught was my very earnest mother just served us nine pickles. Well, <laughs> if you don't have pickles, just served nine, us nine what? What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just served us nothing. Um, yeah, no, it's we just, need Pluto. Yeah, I, but I do find it interesting that like creativity was still a part of a physics lesson, which is a subject you wouldn't really consider with um, consider to be linked to creativity. Mm -hmm. So, but it, it can be applied to so much yep absolutely yeah, definitely and um learning ballet and other dance styles can improve performance in sports again that didn't work for me <laughs> <laughs> I went to lots of dance classes and I'm rubbish at sports but then I'm ru rubbish at dance as well so <laughs> Yeah, it's me. maybe you're just not focused enough. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just way too clumsy. Aww. Aww. it's all those long limbs. <laughs> Yours, I don't know. Just no, no. I had long limbs, and I was really good at sports when I was a kid. <laughs> I have like monkey arms. <laughs> yeah, but it's true though. Like learning dance because it improves your coordination and timing and strength balance yeah yeah absolutely we all need some of that <laughs> oh it's my word of the year I know. just in a different kind of way <laughs> yeah and then my watch word of the week uh, empathy um doing creative things helps in the development of empathy which is obviously crucial for children um they need to be empathetic throughout their lives and understand you know emotional um have em have emotional intelligence when it comes to communicating with other people so absolutely vital and the world always more empathy mm -hmm. please so um what can we do as parents um we can like julia said the early formative years are the super important ones which is always strange to me because we largely don't remember them <laughs> yeah but, but it is true you know they are this, the most important years um so make sure you're encouraging creative play from a very young age things like role playing and just mess mess around and be silly play lego oh my goodness play lego <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally uh, you also want to avoid saying harmful things like that's not productive or you'll never make money that way mm. um even from a young age, when you think, oh, my kid will never remember me saying that to them, they will. Like mm. that, that kind of thing really gets ingrained in their 
psyche um yeah we we don't want to discourage creativity on any level really especially when it's linked to finances i think like i said before i really think that's a shame that people feel that way about creative endeavors yeah yeah and it's part of having a positive money mindset as well if you if you're you know have a very fixed narrow idea of you know that there is no connection between money and creativity then that could really hold someone back you know from really exciting career opportunities so yeah yeah um obviously providing art supplies and musical instruments and costumes just have the things around and it you don't have to spend lots of money. You don't have to send your child to music lessons and acting lessons. Um, it can all just be done at home and on a very low budget. So it's not something you have to. Oh, secondhand shops. Home. Yeah. Facebook marketplace, thrift stores. <laughs> yeah. Garage sales. Yeah. Or just sales. making a drum kit out of small cardboard boxes or pots and pans. Yeah. Kids love yeah. that. Yeah. Yep. Parents, not so much. But... <laughs> In fact, even if you don't, they will. Like, you know, I, I it's etched in my memory the day that my eldest learned how to open the pan drawer. You know, mm. they'll get the things out, they'll bang them. You can't actually prevent it and you should try to. <laughs> oh, it's it's whistles for me. Oh, I can't mm. stand whistles. <laughs> and recorders. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, so many years of primary school. <laughs> we had like um sort of tambourines and things like that as well for the kids to bang and clang and shake so yeah yeah well I, I I like the next point uh don't worry about clutter that that works for me um (laughs) do you want to read the rest of the line (laughs) no (laughs) but but do make time to clear spaces to make room for creative pursuits yeah I I like what Julia Cameron says about this and I know we're all different and for some people this isn't the case but for me it is and I guess for some people it is that having a clear space helps the helps the mind um if you are surrounded by clutter it can kind of crush you so having a lack of clutter can actually be really good for the creative mind um I'm really suddenly painfully aware of just how much clutter is right behind me. (laughs) So don't worry about the clutter, but don't have clutter. Well, it's like, (laughs) don't obsess about it. Okay, okay. That was what I'm, yeah. As in, I mean, it's a bit like how us writer mums will kind of try and get everything in the house done before we sit down to write Mm -hmm. because we need to get all the things done. So don't not write and don't, encourage your kids not to be creative until they've done all yes. the other things yeah exactly and don't, don't worry about some spilt glue or get the, just get the damn glitter out <laughs> <No>. <laughs> anything but glitter oh. <laughs> uh, so we also want to give them room to experiment let them make mistakes don't pressure them to be perfect And I think that is a really important point because I myself am a perfectionist and I don't know if that's come from the way I was raised or if it's just like an ingrained thing in me that just, you know, the nature versus nurture thing when it comes to Mm. uh, personality traits such as (laughs) perfectionism. Um, But yeah, don't, you know, if if your uh, five-year-old comes and shows you a picture they've painted, don't 
pick it apart and go oh you've gone outside the line there or you could have done that differently you know because that you know stomping on them like that is not encouraging creativity no especially mm-hmm. because that is your perceived thing of of what their art should look like mm-hmm. whereas they're doing what they think their art should look like which is what they should be doing yeah my mum um has a story from when she was doing I can't remember if it was actually O-level art or just before, like it was maybe she wasn't allowed to do O-level art because she'd had this experience where she drew a landscape and she had she'd painted the sky orange and the teacher told her she was wrong and that that wasn't that wasn't how you how you paint a landscape. And she so she was prohibited from following her dream. So she wasn't actually allowed. Mm. That's the she way wanted she wanted to, it, but she yeah. couldn't. Well, yeah, that's, that's harsh. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, Marissa, don't do that. If you're a teacher, definitely don't do that. And if yeah. you're a parent, don't do that. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so also take an interest in their ideas. Um, you know, if they come running to you wanting to show you, be attentive. Um, give them nice descriptive praise for what they've done. But also you know give them space like don't force your way into you know participating don't get involved unless they invite you um allow them to have something that's just theirs you know I I I love my parents dearly but I will always remember the fact that my dad kind of took over my interest in photography I'd said I was I wanted a camera and I was I really wanted to to do this when I was like 11 or 12 and um, he bought himself a uh, a really nice expensive camera and didn't really let me use it. And he got really mm. into photography and I was like, that's that's my thing. And it oh, that's mm, a shame. put me off. Yeah, yeah. that is yeah. a shame. I My son, who's 12, um, when he was in secondary school, he's not anymore, he's home educated. But when he was, he went to music club after school. He decided he wanted to. And I was like, cool, go for it. Um, and I got an email from the guy, the teacher who rang, rang, ran music club um, saying, uh, your son is really amazing on the keyboard. He should have lessons. He's so good at it. I'm so impressed with his progress. He can do this better than all the other kids, you know. And I was like, oh, oh, that's amazing. You know how it makes you feel as a parent. You're like, oh, mm. my kid's amazing. <laughs> um, and so I said to him, uh, my son, that is, I said to him, you know your teacher said this do you want to do lessons do you want to you know do you want to do this we could get you a better keyboard because he was using my one from the 80s <laughs> in his bedroom um and he was like my son was like no I don't I don't want to do lessons I don't want to do tests you know I just want to play the keyboard I just mm. want to have fun with it and I was like okay fine do that mm. but I think we can get a bit pushy with like well yes you must do grades and mm. you know do all the examinations and get a distinction and you know all of that stuff but what does that really mean in life you know not yeah. not much really unless you're gonna become a professional uh musician yeah. but you know in the future he might become a professional keyboard player I don't know but at the moment his choice is I don't want to mm. do it that way yeah we've actually just postponed my eldest's uh grade three guitar because he was just feeling too under pressure and we we're like mm. okay just it's fine do it later it doesn't matter it doesn't have to be now so yeah taking the pressure off I think is generally a good idea yeah yeah um so 
other things you can do is go on uh, creative adventures together. So let your child choose an outing to a museum, a park or some other inspirational place and encourage them to think creatively about that choice. We, we love going through, stomping through woods, um, making like nature pictures mm-hmm. out of leaves and stuff that we pick up. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I used to love all that, but I, it just has not been my kids thing, like collecting leaves and stuff. Actually, they yeah. did collect rocks when they were little and we had like a oh. tub full what of rocks. What is it about yeah, rocks? Yeah, my, my kids that. do that. Oh, yeah. Their pockets are always filled with rocks. I have a whole pile <laughs> of them outside our back door. Yeah, I think <laughs> my kids have become more creative with technology more than they have with other things. Mm. And I do worry that that's because that's what I've let them do and I've not given them other creative opportunities. Do you know what I mean? Because it's very simple. It's very easy (laughs) to Mm. let your kids sit on the computer and they do very creative things, especially on Minecraft, like Mm. the things they've made, super creative. But I think, yeah, I mean, even just sitting here talking, doing this podcast with, with you guys, it just makes me feel like actually maybe I do need to kind of push them away from the screens a bit every now and then (laughs) that sort of um using technology for creativity is um setting them in good stead for the future oh yeah actually where a lot more of it will be used i mean the majority of my creativity is based on a computer yeah you know i write on a computer Mm -hmm. i i sing via my phone i uh do graphic design and Mm -hmm. formatting you know all of that on the computer yeah but um I don't know I just think maybe it is good to get away from that a bit sometimes mm. I have a balance oh there's the b word again <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think this leads nicely into the next point and this is something that I have really struggled with with my kids but allowing them to make a mess and join in show them that you're willing to get your hands covered in paint or clay um and then encourage them to help clean up as well so they get two life lessons for the price of one (laughs) i i actually wrote on our notes for this julia highly disagrees and avoids this at all costs (laughs) i absolutely i just i hate the mess like i would quite happily take them to a crafting club or like a group where someone else has organized the messy part and they get messy and you know, I might join in potentially, but someone else can clear it up after. But uh, I'm totally with you, Julia. I, rem- yeah. I remember taking my kids to one of those sensory sessions where they mm. had um, like one section that was like mud and one section that was like feathers. And I was, I, by the end of the session, I just looked at it and I was like, I am so glad that I don't have to clean this up and this would be the worst job in the world for me to ever do. <laughs> I would hate every minute of cleaning up that up. And yes, I like going to creative sessions where I don't have to clean up afterwards. <laughs> yeah. See, my experience of this was that I really wanted this for my kids and I'm, I'm using past tense because my kids are so much older now and mm. um, they are way past the messy play stage um but they weren't willing they I, they both you know have sensory issues they were not 
willing to get paint on their hands. They wouldn't play in the mud. I, li- I literally, I would throw them outside in the rain. I'd be like, go, go play, go play. And I would watch from the window and just be disappointed that they weren't getting, you know, weren't making a mud pie. I'm like, why are you not making a mud pie? But yeah. I realised in hindsight, I did not go out there and do it with them. Yeah. And I think, you know, this is why I said, join in. I think that's the important part. And that's what I didn't quite do. Mm. And, you know, my, my kids have been fine with that. I, I took them to this paint session where they were encouraging the kids to paint with their hands and their feet. And my youngest painted himself entirely green from <laughs> his toes up to his mid thighs. But I hate, I hate having dirty hands. I hate having wet hands. Mm. I hate, I hate, hate having stuff on my hands. <laughs> um, so I never get involved. But it, actually, it hasn't stopped my kids at all. They're the two grubbiest oh. children you'll ever meet. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Oh, they love it. No, it's great. I used, when I would pick them up from nursery when they were a bit younger and the nursery staff would be like, I'm so sorry, but he's really mucky today. He's really muddy. And I'm like, no, that's great. It means that I know he's had a good time. Only one time my eldest came out, they'd been doing messy play with porridge, I think, or something, or shaving foam or something. And he honestly looked like he'd been swimming in it. (laughs) <laughs> and his trousers were so caked that when I when I got home, I tried banging them off on the wall because it had all dried on. And it was just like, OK, bin. <laughs> oh, <dude. laughs> so, no, my it has me not getting mucky hands has not held my kids back from being very, very mucky. <laughs> Love it. I do have. I do have a nursery story. So this just, I must um, preface this by saying, actually, my children weren't involved. Um, however, I just think it's the best story. Now, this was at a Montessori um, preschool and um, they were generally wonderful, but they did not respond very well to this. But I think it's genius. So the kids and these are like three, four year old children. OK, um, the kids had conspired secretly um to go on a treasure hunt and they had managed to damage the decking in the outside play area and to like pull it up and dig underneath it for treasure and and then try and conceal the fact afterwards and they got caught and they got in trouble and they the nursery school were not happy with them but I just thought it was genius (laughs) it was creative play it was teamwork it was problem solving it was it was brilliant and I I had to applaud them. I thought it was great. <laughs> I see. I, I love it when kids come up with their own ideas yeah. rather than something preconceived by the grown-ups. Mm-hmm. Just as the, uh, that's the best kind of creativity for me to see my kids just come up with their own games, for example. I mean, play just games is, mm-hmm. is creative in itself and seeing them come up with their own stuff. Oh, mm-hmm. I love that. Me and my friend, my, my busy mate, Sarah, who I'm still friends with, um, uh we once turned my living room into a beach we had this great big yellow blanket we laid it out we had a collection of stones um, of <laughs> we put, laid all the stones out and we got water <laughs> and tipped water everywhere my parents i i don't remember them being cross 
but I imagine they probably were a bit. Um, <laughs> but it's a wonderful memory to have that yeah. we couldn't go to the seaside, so we made one yeah. in the living room. You do remember the creative, the creative things as well. Yeah. I remember turning my friend's house into a hotel, but we did everything. We put signs on the doors. We made keys. You know, when you just um, like, and it's just a memory. For, I must have been eight, like seven or eight, but I, I just remember it all. It's mm-hmm. fascinating how you remember things like that. Yeah. But I don't remember my times tables. Still. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't got a clue what my times tables are. <laughs> so um connect with your own creativity and nurture your inner child which I do every single day of my life Mm -hmm. um especially if you have memories of negativity around creativity from your own childhood this is your second chance Mm -hmm. yes even if you don't have kids yes Yes. (laughs) especially especially if you don't have a child yes Mm. it's better without the kids in the way <laughs> yep. And another thing we can do as parents is to not force creativity or expect your children to be highly creative just because you are, especially you can't assume that your creative spirit is automatically passed down. Some people, some children are wired completely differently and just aren't creative in the conventional way. And that is okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Some I, kids I are incredibly academic and yes. logical and they thrive on that more than they do on creativity yeah and I, I, I hear and this may come as a big shock to the bookworms among us that some some people don't like reading yes. um, <laughs> uh, but um, my kids do <laughs> but yeah like I mean we we never forced reading we never and we had the the luxury really of home educating our kids so we weren't forced to do reading homework for school and all that rubbish um but we just read to them and never forced them to learn to read and they both learned in their own time both by the time they were about six they were reading fluently and and it was just yeah all on their terms and now they read a lot especially my eldest he he devours hundreds of comics a month like he he loves comics and he's he's starting to read like novels and stuff now but yeah we just never put a load of pressure on it and I think that is so important across the whole like creative spectrum yeah definitely yeah yeah I mean we always say it don't we it's um a really well banded about piece of advice that if you feel blocked with your writing that you should take the pressure off you know write something that you're just going to throw away Mm -hmm. or you know don't have a deadline yeah easier said than done (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah but like this and yeah we mentioned about getting in touch with your own inner child if that I think that's a really good thing to do if you're feeling blocked is just um connect with that creative child and just have fun and take the pressure off I think I I am fully integrated with my inner child in fact I don't believe I have an outer adult (laughs) at all (laughs) I think I'm all just in a child (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) on that note (laughs) on that note that's a great way to end it (laughs) I actually have quite a serious would you rather question which is really tough 
it's a really hard one um and i'm being very mean so would you rather spend one year without any tv or movies at all or one year without any music at all oh it's tough isn't it <laughs> so, so what was the first one TV so no tv and movies or no music oh for no a year. TV. i'd go no tv or music oh uh, no <laughs> wait no tv or movies i couldn't go without music no way i have a question <laughs> someone else has a question yeah would if i if i said no music would I have access to music channels on the TV? No, Ooh, that's cheating. Oh, Come on. oh, yeah. Okay, in that case, same as. Same Although as... that was very good out of the box thinking. Thanks. Very good. Uh, you can you could watch movies that are very music heavy. That's true. Musicals. Yeah. Or like Baby Driver. Fantastic movie. I've not Ooh. seen that. Oh, watch no, it! I haven't. So good. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'd I'd still go without TV and movies. It's just mm. for a year, not forever. But music, I have yeah. to sing. Yeah, I mean, I could sing without. Yeah, you to can sing along sing, too. You just can't listen to any yeah. music. Could no I play way. an instrument? Ooh, that's that's a grey area, isn't Ooh, it? Yeah, <laughs> this is getting I very think... serious. It is. <laughs> I'm trying to find the loophole where I can have always, it always question everything. Yes. Yeah, I think if I can, if I can play an instrument, then I will say no music and I will make my own. Yes, I think that's where I'd have to go. Um, TV and movies are such a safe, happy space for me. And like, I write to music, but I'm just going to have to sing instead. <laughs> <laughs> or put a musical on the TV. Or put a musical on the TV. I do write to movies. I have certain movies that I can actually write to that actually help me. Mm-hmm. Amazingly. So I'd, <laughs> I, can, I, I can't write do that to them all. instead. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's a tough one, though. Congratulations. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and a reminder of our question of the week for you guys, which isn't so hard. How have people in your life encouraged your creativity? And remember that if you want to join us for sprints and giggles and get all of the other benefits, you can do so over at patreon.com forward slash unstoppable authors. And don't forget to share the podcast online and tag us on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Just search for unstoppable authors. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Unstoppable Authors Podcast. We'll be back next week with more of our tenacity and worldly wisdom. Don't forget to visit our website to get the show notes and heaps of helpful blog articles at unstoppableauthors.com. And join our guild of unstoppable authors and you will not only hear from us every week, but you will also get a free digital copy of my book, 30 Days of World Building. If you enjoyed the episode, please remember to subscribe and leave a review. I love how professional we go at the end. (laughs) (laughs) It's like we just switch to...